Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I'm Thomas Jefferson, oh. I'm going to compel them to include women in the sequel. Work! <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Sources. A little Hamilton for you. They're little Skylar sisters. And our next guest is someone who can actually sing along with the Skylar sisters uh, on women in the sequel. Uh, former Representative Mia Love uh, joins us on the line. <laughs> Mia, how are you today? Thanks for calling me out. Like, a, not as well as they can. Let's put it that way. I don't know. I think I, I, I recall you and uh, Lieutenant Governor Henderson uh, belting out a, a pretty stirring rendition of uh, Dear Theodosia at one uh, event not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, that was so much fun. And uh, Derek Brown uh, played the piano. We had this beautiful violinist. It's just, you know, it's really hard if you just. Sing the melody. It's really hard to mess that song up because it's, it's just so beautiful. So, anyway. uh, well, we appreciate you jumping on the line with us today. We're continuing our focus on Women's History Month and uh, history and her her story. Uh, the stories are what really is compelling to me, and uh, so many great lessons there. And as you look at your journey, uh, especially your mm-hmm. leadership journey, uh, I wanted to ask you: you know, who were some of those women who? Uh, who gave you confidence, who served as a, as role models and examples and, uh, and mentors uh, that allowed you to, to have such an impact uh, locally and nationally? You know, I've been thinking about this question, and I'm so glad that we actually get to celebrate women and recognize their great impact on our society and our state. And I have to say that um, my mother, and even though it wasn't the, at the time, I just thought she was you know, I, I, of course, you, when you're a kid, you think you know it all, right? But um, my mother taught me so many great lessons throughout the years. And she actually taught me what to look for and what to look towards as um, or who to look towards um, as a female role model. I remember there was a really quick story. Um, my mom had her brother and his wife. Um, they were immigrating from Haiti. And they had no money. They had nothing. And my mom opened up her home and they lived with us for about a year. And there was one point, there were two physicians, by the way, who had to start all over. And there was one point, um, my aunt uh, was having a birthday party and she was inviting all of her doctor friends. And she looked at my mom, who was 
who didn't even graduate high school and said, okay, now I'm having this party at your house, but you can't come because they're, these are doctors and you just wouldn't fit in. And I remember just seeing red and I wanted to go after this woman and just say, <laughs> look, she opened up her home to you. She did everything. She fought with, how dare you? And it was my mom that stopped me and said, Mia, I don't need to do that. Look at where she is. I would rather be where I am than where she is. You don't have to. I know what my worth is. She's like, she's probably making herself feel better. And it's really interesting because at that moment, I remember thinking my mom was so weak to allow this woman to do this to her. And in those words and in what she had to do to hold her tongue and still be humble, that was the greatest strength that I could see um, that, that I started to recognize. And so with that, with that humility that my mom has, who's never graduated high school, who's given everything she possibly could um, without complaint to others, I started looking to other women that would do the same thing. Mm. Um, and she taught me what to look forward, what yeah. to look to as a role model. Uh, I, I love that. And uh, that's a good lesson for all of us in terms of restraint. <laughs> restraint always works. Uh, and uh, it's something that you had to rely on. Uh, you found yourself in uh, many positions uh, of minority status, both in terms of uh, your heritage, in terms of being a woman in Congress in leadership and being a conservative woman in Congress in leadership. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so you, you had opportunities to apply that. Uh, and, and so what's the, what is the message that you would hope, uh, for other women? Uh, we need, we know we need more women voices. We just had Sid Tetro on talking about women in tech. Uh, we know we need yeah. more women voices. And uh, as Deidre Henderson said in her uh, inaugural address as Lieutenant Governor, not just to talk about women's issues, but to talk about all the issues, the economy, jobs, family, community. Uh, how do you help the rising generation of women be able to be ready to have a voice at the table? Well, um, I just have to say that, first of all, we are really lucky to have Deidre Henderson as the lieutenant governor, who is, she she said something that I thought was really interesting. She said, look, women need to have a seat at the table, but to do more than just discuss women's issues, they have so many other different talents, yeah. that, and, and we have so much more to do. Um, she's a great friend of mine and such a great, um, we're, we're just lucky to have her. But I have to say that applying those lessons that my mom taught me, it's made me more empowered. I'm not a victim. Mm. I go around knowing what my self-worth is, and I try and use my gifts and talents for the betterment of society. If somebody has a problem with me because of my thoughts, because of my policies, then we can discuss those things. But if somebody has a problem with me because of my gender, because of my race, mm. then that's not my problem, right? That's not my issue to fix. That is their problem. That is their flaw to work on. So I can't make myself upset when somebody else doesn't like me because of things that I can't change. That's their flaw. And so I think that when we go around as human beings, we have to understand that, look, we help where we can. We do everything we can to realize that the world doesn't revolve around us. But if somebody is going to mistreat you um, because of your gender, then don't don't be a victim. Be empowered. Oh. Say to yourself, I know what my self-worth is. I know what I can contribute to society. I have something to offer. Hear my words and um, hear my words, and I hope you can listen and learn from them. Yeah. And then do the same thing. That's listen right. Listen and learn from others. Yeah. Be humble. Yeah. 
<laughs> we need we need a big dose of that. Uh, I, I think the uh, pandemic tried to serve some up, but I think uh, far too many in Washington, at least, uh, chose to pass. I think on a little bit of the uh, humility right. spoonful there, but uh, we need to get to that for sure. Uh, we've got just about a, a minute or so left, me, and, and I wanted to get to two things in just really quickly. One. Uh, it's just in finding your voice. I think that's such an important thing, uh, especially for women in leadership, to really get that resonant, uh, this is my voice, this is who I am, a lot of the authenticity that you've been talking about. Uh, and then just real quickly, uh, I know you've learned a lot from your own daughters uh, in that whole mm-hmm. process. Well, in the world of a lot of noise and a lot of clutter and a lot of um, members of Congress and Uh, the White House and you name it, trying to find a social media moment that goes viral. It's very hard to find um, your voice, but it's in those quiet, quiet moments that you can, um, that you can really stand up and say something. Now, if you're shouting all the time, people get toned up, but when you really have something to say um, and, and you, and you take a moment during the quiet moments to do something that maybe people aren't expecting you to do, in other words, if somebody's going after somebody else, and instead of jumping on the bandwagon, can you find something in there that that helps lift and strengthen everybody else, right? Love, love that. And I think that also finding your voice is, um, it, it, you really have a responsibility to use it to up, uplift one another. Mm. Too many times um, we use our voice and, and positions to try and tear other people down. I think it's really, um, we would be, better off as a community and as a society if we find opportunities to uplift one another, to find the good in one another. And I know it's probably not the most newsworthy thing. It's not the most exciting thing, but it's the most important. It is and the it's, most And those important. are the moments that make the biggest difference, yeah, right? That's right. So, um, that's what I would say. Oh, that's fantastic. Good stuff. Uh, as always, uh, Representative Love, we, we appreciate your insight, your leadership, and your voice, uh, both here in the state of Utah and around the country. We're going to go ahead and step aside uh, for a quick uh, commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get a call to the kitchen table. Find out why. Coming up next. I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I meet Thomas Jefferson, oh. I'm a I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.